Welcome to A Woman's Brew, where women talk about beer. Today, we're making a sour symphony when we compare a fierce and fruity Flanders red with a good old brewing. I'm Joanne, and this is Tori. Hello, hello. And we're two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer. Come join us. Now... This might be one of my favourite beer styles. Although, when people ask me what my favourite beer style is, I don't say a Flanders Red. No, I don't. I don't think anyone ever... I feel like it is the silent assassin. Yeah. Like, where people, like, when someone takes that out, A, you feel fancy as fuck when you're someplace and someone's like, let's drink a Flanders Red. You're like, oh, let's go. And you're like, fancy glass. And it's always so complex, always so interesting. And it just makes you feel like you're in the upper echelon, like (laughs) 100%. I know I feel that way. Um, And it is that thing, but like, no one ever goes, oh yeah, this is my favourite style. That's been like, right. My my favourite brand of clothing is Versace. No one says that. <laughs> no one says that. You're not cool if you say Versace. that. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody offered it to you, you'd be like, hell yeah, I feel fancy. Right. <laughs> I would no. say it's the Versace of beers. <laughs> I've but, said it. <laughs> the Versace of beers. There we go. Um, so today we are talking about Flanders Red and Flanders Brown. What is the difference? We're going to let you know. Is there a difference? I mean, these are the Bel- these are Belgian beers. You know what those Belgian brewers are like? They like to do whatever they fancy. I mean, so we shall find I legitimately out. do not know. So. <laughs> it's okay. I do. As per, u- as per usual, <laughs> I have done no research because I want. I just want to learn. I'm here to learn. That's what I want to do. Um, and we haven't yeah. done a. We haven't done like a proper beer style one in a little bit. So yeah, and we felt like had it was Holy time goat for like a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know I love holy goat. So you do. Um, yeah. So this has all come from one of, I mean, one of my favourite beers, which is why it surprised me that I don't go, oh yeah, Flanders Red, because Duchess de Bourgogne is one of my all-time favourite beers, and that is a Flanders Red. Um, would you say it's one of your all-time favourite beers, Tory Powell? Duchess specifically, or Flanders yeah. Red as a whole? Duchess specifically. Um, I really love, so I don't know, it's really difficult. I don't know if I could say it's one of my all-time favourites, mm. because I feel like that is such a big question for me. Really? <laughs> I am so, yeah, like, all-time favourites, I really, oh, you know, I am I will change my mind 7,000 times over, and it's like, what's the weather today? Oh, that's my favourite today. <laughs> Um, but I really do like Duchess and I like, I just think for me, just Flanders Red as a whole, it is another one where it's like, oh, I really quite like it as a style because to me it is that complexity, that interesting mm. element to it. And I really like that. Um, and part of the reason this came up was because I was like, we were, we were trying to go, oh, what, what, you know, what could we sort of do episodes on? We're like, we haven't really talked a lot about Flanders Red. Like, what could we talk about that we haven't really talked about? Um, and Flanders Red was one of the ones that came up. And what's really funny is I was like, I have so many Flanders Reds because I <laughs> That's hold on a direct to quote. It was a. I was like, I have so many, and the reason I had so many was because I would be like, I'd get them because I love. Like again, is it a favorite of mine? I would say the style, yeah, probably is up there. And I always, it makes me feel luxurious. It makes me feel like 
cream of the crop and i always feel like it needs to pair with cheese yeah <laughs> so it is so what happens like is I'd get them. ultimate beer and cheese pairing beer yeah and i'd get them and then i'd be like i cannot wait to try this and see how like interesting it tastes and what they did with this one and how you know that shifted the taste and made it a different type of complex and just to see but then i'd also be like but i'm not in the mood for cheese right now (laughs) and so that they'd get sort of like put on the shelf until i was i really when i drink this style of beer I really like to sort of take it all in. I don't like to do it when it's like a session. Like if I'm sessioning beers and I'm socialising, like that's oh, yeah, me, no. not the right setting. Socialising with someone like, like if, if we were socialising, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just the two of us and it was casual and more intimate setting, more intimate conversation than like, I'm having a barbecue. I'm probably not popping open bottles and cans of Flanders Red. So I would always kind of like have them ready to go and then we're like great we can do this episode and i went looking and i legitimately the week before (laughs) i had drank almost exclusively all of the ones that i had (laughs) just had a flanders red week as you do and that's when i and and then that sort of evolved i've got i've got this one from holy goat and uh that could make for something interesting you're like yeah that could make for something interesting let's go with that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's the way it's always i do like a duchess i think the first time i had duchess was with you because everyone would talk about it and it's just i feel like duchess is such a controversial beer because i feel like people love it or hate it and oh yeah very little in between yeah it's either you have a taste for it or you're like immediately no there's nobody that kind of goes i'm not sure how i feel about that (laughs) it's definitely a divisive beer i think that's true um it is very complex it's not you know it's not the beer that you give to someone you're just trying to coax over to beer that's for sure like... come and try come and try the finest of craft beers and then you're like drink this and drink this like, what is this <laughs> yeah no, no de- definitely no not context that. you're just like this is a really really good good example of a style like people would be like what what are you even giving me yeah right now? why why are you giving me this as my first craft beer no not at all um i think when i had it first again like i'd heard a lot of people talking about it and i was like oh what is this what is this beer that they keep talking about um and i think i saw it in a bottle shop and was like oh that's that beer though I'm, I'm gonna get one of those or it was on, i put it in like an uh, an online order or something and tasted it and was like uh yeah because sometimes people are like this is the best beer ever and then you taste it and you're like mm, is it okay cool i mean it's nice like <laughs> But I tried, I tried this and I was like, um, the hype is real. I really enjoy this. This is right up my street. Thank you very much. Um, I've also had, I don't know if you've had, they also have a cherry version and a cherry chocolate version. I have, I have the cherry chocolate mm. one. I haven't drank it yet, but I have it. These I, are also... I tried the cherry. I had to make decisions had to be made. <laughs> and I was like, I could ju- I think I asked you, I was like, I can go cherry yeah. or I can go cherry chocolate. Which one? And then you were like they're both really good and then i think you edged me towards cherry chocolate yeah all right done yeah they are if you see those as well and you enjoy a duchess and you've not had those i do encourage you to get those because they are just adds a few more layers of complexity to the whole thing i enjoy it i mean i just enjoy them i just enjoy them part of me so i completely agree with you on like that i don't feel like they're overhyped i feel like they're Mm. the right level of hyped but i wonder if part of me feels like because I think we can both think of the same exact beer where we like we tried and we've gone yes yeah, fine it's good 
yeah it's, it's well a great made execution bit. yeah it's a great great execution like it's fine but i think when somebody hypes something up to like the nth degree it has to live up to that and sometimes you just kind of go oh it's like if you hadn't given me any hype yeah i would go oh i really enjoy this it's really good yeah but because i've gone into it with the level of hype that's there i'm now going i'm i'm looking at it more critically and i'm like expecting to have my socks blown off and then i try it and i go oh no i mean it's good but i've had other things that i feel are equally good yeah or you know you just take you start taking a real critical look at it and i feel like with duchess or i, I think with the style as a whole really yeah but especially with Duchess, because that's the kind of probably the most popular of them i think because you have the divisiveness there where you have some people saying it's amazing and some people saying yeah no immediately no run i think that offers a lot of sort of difference in opinion where you're not going in where you're kind of already on the fence of am i gonna like this am i gonna hate it the first time you have it and i also think that when people say it's really good they because it's so because of the complexities of it and the way people have to explain it it's a lot harder to go in with a false expectation yeah in my opinion i think it's a lot harder to go into a false expectation of what you're going to get from it because yeah because it's you like have to describe it <laughs> it's not just like you know it's not just like oh, this, here's a beer is it like when you're gonna say you know give someone a flanders red you gotta be like you know this is a sour beer and it kind of tastes like balsamic vinegar and it's you know it's got kind of this fruitiness to it and you know it, like you've got you can't just give so, I, I mean you can you you yeah. could you could just give this beer to someone be, and be like ha, ha, ha. i would argue <laughs> i love it but i would argue it would be really mean to do it, that i th- i feel so i feel like if you were just like here drink this like without kind of giving people a bit of an idea of what they're about to put in their mouth like that I, I would be mean i think that's that thing of like I, i'm also wanting you to like it mass- so yeah exactly gonna, massive injustice gonna, yeah, to I'm, the beer like this fantastic beer if you're just going to give it to someone be like huh <laughs> just drink this yeah and you I know like they're I want you to like it, it. i want yeah. you to like it so i want you to know what to expect so you can brace yourself and brace your taste buds yeah and you're not gonna go into it going oh and i think that like, with other styles you could go oh lots of bitterness lots of you know pininess not lots of juice lots of this and, yeah and that sort of could be there's so many not that there's a lot of different ways to interpret that but you can almost kind of go this is what it is and someone in the head can go oh i'm expecting this level right. of amazingness with how you're talking about it they'll and have like, like a, a frame so of reference whereas this is so specific <laughs> that when you go in you're probably already going oh i don't know so you're not going into it going is this going to be the king of all or the queen of all the duchess of the all duchess <laughs> the duchess of all, things. Of, all, of all things you kind of go into it a little bit like oh all right, let's see how this goes. And I think that probably helps as well to not overhype it so that when you do go into it, you go, actually, all the good things, the good things people have said about it, for me, those those are what stand out. All right, before we go into talking about what a Flanders Red actually is, should we crack this beer? Yeah. So I've got my um, fun Duchess glass. I don't have one, so... Um, it's got a it's got a little duchess on the stem which is, i really oh yeah, like yeah that one is cute that is yeah. i like that, that and cute. i got i picked this up at uh beer central in sheffield hi beer central we love getting beers from you when we're up that way 
I am. Um, I will say, as we're pouring this, what yeah. I find really interesting as well. So talking about it being just such a, for me, an upper echelon of beer. Yeah. Like it's just, like I said, it feels fancy. It feels like the Versace of the of the of the beer world. Yeah. Um, but what's really funny is like I feel like I always expect that when I buy one, it's going to be really expensive. Yeah, and it's not, is it? <laughs> four quid yeah like it's <laughs> not, not even it's and like not. okay yeah it's i think it's 330 mil i think yeah it's only three yeah, thirty. Like, i feel like you can get magnums of them like you can get like, or you, 750 bottles like you can get you big, absolutely can but big I bottles don't. of them but you can very easily pick up just the 330 mil like normal yeah. size bottles and even the variations the the um chocolate cherry and the cherry even those like a hundred percent that they're like sub five quid yeah and i'm always expecting them to be because they're you know yeah i, I just always expect them to be expensive and then you go to buy them and you're like oh they're actually not expensive <laughs> right i'm gonna have to stick with my pleb glass it's not i mean you, you got me the glass it's not but I'm, i don't have a fancy duchess glass so i do love have my to... duchess glass this <laughs> is one of those ones that because you know all the all the belgian beers have their own glasses so this was one of those, and you, I mean, I have a lot of glassware, and at some point you've got to like stop. Because <laughs> I'm running out of space. But I was like, you I don't. am having a Duchess glass that I can drink it you out don't because need to face. stop. You just need to make more space. <laughs> and I think that's probably why you've got that's the best point. head pour on it, is you have the right. Yeah, glass for yeah, it I've got the right it. glass. Right, so as it is a Flanders red, it is kind of chestnutty red in colour. I was going to say chestnutty is what um, I've got. It's got a nice foamy beige head. Not for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> lots of carbonation bubbles actually. Very streamy. It's hard to see in my lighting. Yeah. But yeah. And it's got that lovely, like the aroma is sour. Yeah. I would say like that balsamic, like yeah, and that aroma for sure. Definitely balsamic. Fruity. Um almost like red wine like vinous almost yeah vinous i wouldn't say i wouldn't say like full vinous but i think it's no, because no. of that sour balsamic like aroma that you get yeah that, that sort of can go with some wines like that is that just is what yeah. sort of amps up that sort of vinous element yeah oh i'm going in oh, feels wrong i want cheese <laughs> <laughs> i love this this is like the flavors just make me happy like it's got, considering there's a lot of like you can see the carbonation bubbles i feel like it's quite I was just smooth saying, it's, it's i was i was literally rounded. just about to say that I was, I was just about to say those exact things weirdly yep. <laughs> we've been on the same wavelength yeah. for the last 48 hours <laughs> we, we literally have <laughs> typing things and sending them the exact same things um but no exact same i was gonna say like despite what you think it's gonna taste like it it actually is a little bit more mellow and smooth and and just like you said rounded than what you're expecting and and it's not um despite it's sm like having that almost like sour smell to it it's not like super acidic like yeah it's not it's not um sometimes when you have like very complex like sour soured beers mm. sometimes you can almost get like so much of that acidity that you just kind of go i know this is probably going to give me heartburn later, yeah but this this isn't like that it is no. very it's just such well balanced and there's so much going on with the flavors yeah i feel like it's that's a, a partly to do with the malt profile like it's got a slightly darker malt profile um 
which you know adds there's a little bit of almost in the back there's almost a little bit of nuttiness and then there's that like fruity balsamic vinegar flavor but it's like all as you say it's all really nicely balanced like none of it is kind of hitting you in the face too much like it's drinkable yeah the nuttiness i would i would that was one thing that was on sort of my radar to say as well was that there was a nuttiness and i almost actually sort of got it a little bit in the aroma as well like um when you're smelling it for a few minutes you kind of go once you sort of adjust to the aroma of that like um balsamic you know scent and you start kind of going okay let's get a little bit deeper in there now like it, you do start to get a, almost for me i got a little bit of nuttiness like sort of towards the back end of that like smell as well and yeah it was and then when you taste it you go yeah yep yeah, that's there yeah it's um it's just really I, like i said i get sad i really want cheese with it but it's because i think you know why it pairs really well it's like when you have a hard cheese i know that you're like oh with this it's gonna go blue with blue blue cheese, blue blue, blue no but for me i i like to think of like a parmesan or something because yeah. like when you have parmesans on a charcuterie board and then you have that i have the glaze the um balsamic glaze, glaze yeah. and i like to put a little bit of balsamic glaze on there and that's sort of like what this gives me is that balsamic yeah. glaze so i always go hard hard cheese italian cheese like yes that's perfect and i think a like a mature like a mature vintage cheddar like the ones that have almost got those like salt crystals in them goes really well with this because where it's got that sweetness you then got that saltiness like nice yeah i'm just about nice a nice vintage cheddar like (laughs) all the time that's like almost exclusively (laughs) what i'm here for I just I feel fancy even sitting here right now. It, it, this yeah. almost feels too fancy for me to even sit here with a grubby, you know, hoodie <laughs> on and to, out of this. I feel like I need to have one of those big, nice, like stemmed wine glasses mm. or something. Goblet. I should have used my goblet. I almost used my goblet. Yeah, my stagger in the good you, one. It does need a goblet. That is true. So, anyways, do you want to enlighten us on? Before before we sit here and talk more shit, do you want to enlighten <laughs> us on sort of what is what is a Flanders Red? I mean, so pretty much what we've just said are the tasting notes for it. It is uh, the BJCP says it's a sour, fruity, red wine-like Belgian-style ale with interesting, supportive malt flavors and fruit complexity. That's pretty much what we just said. Um, it's got a dry finish, and tannin completes the mental image of a fine red wine. So it's all all the wine feels on this one. So get your red wine mates out because they they might drink this one as well. Yeah, with you. I, uh, it's difficult, isn't it though? Because I think when when we typically look at sort of would somebody when we look at it when we do cocktails, for example, and we go, would someone that likes this cocktail enjoy this beer and so on and so forth? Yeah. If we sort of look, at, from my opinion, if we sort of look at this of like, would a red wine drinker enjoy this? I kind of feel like again it comes into that whole does that red wine drinker appreciate sour elements that's true yeah if it's a person that really likes red wine and they also enjoy sort of more sour notes to things i would go yeah that's great at least try it um especially if they if they are a person that is like me and really likes balsamic glaze and on things and and those tastes i would go yeah great try it if it's someone that just doesn't handle anything sour very well i would go oh i don't 
I'm not sure that would yeah. sell it to them. But there are enough of those red wine notes there that if they like both things, then yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, do you want a little bit of history about it? You know I do. Yeah. So um, this beer is indigenous to West Flanders, uh, which is the area of Belgium. Um, it is felt that is typified by the products of the Rodenbach Brewery. So actually... Duchess isn't one it, though this is a classic example of it it's not um what's felt to be like the first and the and the most characteristic one of it anything from the Rodenback brewery i do have a Rodenback grand cru that i might crack in a minute so that we can mm-hmm. see the differences between the two um that brewery was established in 1820 in west flanders and um used you know traditional brewing techniques you gotta remember that you know back in the day before you know we had clean yeast strains and before we had uh, the ways of roasting malts and things that we have today a lot of beers would have been this kind of color because of the malts that were being created they'd probably have a little bit of a smoky note to them they might have a bit of a sour note to them because um uh, also hops weren't being used as well this is not a beer that uses a huge amount of hops and the ones that are used in it tend to be continental hops they're really just being used um for a little bit of bitterness against that sweetness and for preservative reasons um and it is it is not only fermented with regular brewers yeast so saccharomyces but it can also have lactobacillus Bretonomyces and Acetobacter. Acetobacter is the one that's going to give you those lovely, like, vinegary notes, um, which is quite important in this style, particularly in in the Duchess because it has that lovely balsamic vinegar note. Um, and those can be like lingering around in the oak fooders that it is generally aged in. So it is thought that this style kind of originated because back before hops were being used, I believe we've talked about this before, but back before hops, there was a mixture of spices that were put into beer that was called gruit. Um, And this was used to try and extend the shelf life of the beer. Like older beers would sour quite quickly because there wasn't that preservative that that we get from hops nowadays. Um, So they would do kind of a mixture of adding in these spices to kind of cover up the sourness but they also started doing where they would mature the beer in oak casks for a period of time to make it sour um and this would then make it preserve longer because we know the sours can sit there for a while and change over time um but then to make it nice and tasty because you don't want to be just drinking this weird sour beer they would then blend it with younger beer so then from the younger beer you get that lovely fruitiness because it's fresh and from the sour beer you get kind of the oakiness that those sour notes that you like so you know this is how these beers kind of came about by um brewers trying to make their beer last longer when there wasn't the proper preservatives in place um so that's how flanders red came about flanders brown is an offshoot of this well it can it, it can actually be argued that they're the same thing <laughs> as they are both belgian beers we know that the um belgian brewers like to do as they please they don't believe in these 
beer style categories. They're like, what, what are you talking about? I just want to make a beer. I'm going to make the beer really that I want. Vi- I really vibe with uh, that. Yeah, I that do is, too. <laughs> that is, I genuinely feel like that is um, my, yeah, that, that just, that speaks to me. That's like when people go, there's no such thing as a, a black IPA or right. a white stout. And I'm like, yeah, there is. Just, just, like, just make it, there right? There is. <laughs> just like, do why it. Are we, if you want to make it, why just make it. Why are we stifling creativity? But like, it also, as someone that has spent a lot of time trying to learn beer styles for exams, like it's a lot, and even then you can like pick up a stop, pick up the beer that's like supposed to be like typical, and you're like, this doesn't fit into those little guidelines that you're saying. Or that's what I love you know. the most. That is what I love the most. Yeah, exactly. So you know, beer styles. Know the rules to break it. Right, beer styles. Yeah, whatever, whatever with your beer styles, whatever. But um. So you may see beers that are called Oud Bruin. That's an old brown, which is also known as a Flanders brown. So they can be very similar to a Flanders red. Um, When I was doing my Cicerone training, where the Cicerone and BJCP say the line is, is that a Flanders red is from the west of Flanders and they were brewed in oak, uh, uh, they are fermented in oak casks or oak fooders whereas an old Bruin is fermented in steel. And so that changes the profile a bit. Um, so once we've had a little bit of this um, of this Duchess, we will be having an Oud Bruin as well and see if we can see some of those differences. We will indeed. I mean, do you want to have more of this? Do you want to, do you want to move on? I think on? we, can have, a bit, we can have a bit more about this. So um, I've got a little bit of a, like a rundown of... Because... Because of the way that these beers are brewed and, like, you know, the uh, the uncertainties of bacterial fermentation, like, you, you're you not necessarily going to get it the same every time or, you know, between different batches. Um, I've got a little bit of rundown of the different ways that well-known Flanders Reds, what, like, what their flavour profiles are. So um, we were talking about... Rodenbach Grand Cru, they tend to be heavy on the tart red fruits in their version. Um, Duchess that we're drinking now, it says has like dark figs macerated in vinegar and sweetened with molasses. How do you feel about that description? So when you started and you said the figs, I was like, oh, I don't, mm, I don't know. But then as you went on, I was like, hmm, maybe. Like, I feel a bit more cherry, like dried cherry than fig. I do feel more cherry as well yeah. than fig, but it was when you kind of said about the other elements coming yeah. into play that I was like, okay. Vinegar and molasses, I, I can get behind that. And um, I think may, maybe fig once it had all that in yeah. it, potentially, but I do still think more cherry. Yeah, and then um, a version that the brewery from the US creates, which is called, called Oud Tart. Um, tends to have hints of leather and oak with complex dark fruits. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, we might have to look, might have to see if we can get one of those at some point. Look that out. Let us know if you can get us an oud tart. We'd like to try that. That sounds, yeah, that does sound really, really quite interesting to mm. be fair. I don't yeah, think I... I've got any, like, fun facts about um, about Flanders Red, unfortunately. I don't either. My fun fact was like I I thought really quickly. Normally I get to do more research before an episode, 
um but i've had such an insane week at work which i you know i feel like i deserve this um (laughs) insane week insane month insane year um and i thought you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna try our old friend chat gpt just to see just to revisit to go will this actually help me can i actually can i actually use this to make research a lot easier let's give it a go and it pulled up three so it pulled up four total quote-unquote fun facts three were just straight up facts yeah and similar to what i've just said pretty much (laughs) identical to what you just said um and then number four just said share as in like turn back time share as in like snap out of it (laughs) as in that share I'm really intrigued as to what the connection between a Flanders Red I, and, and Cher is now. I don't know if it was trying to say something else. Like it was trying to say like cherries or something. Oh, maybe. And it just went, nope. And it just stopped with Cher. But actually, I really appreciated it so much more for just being like, fact number one, very legitimate fact. Yeah. Not fun, just a fact. Fact number two, again, very legitimate. Number three, super legitimate. Number four, share. Just share. <laughs> just, just share. Not even there was not even like a there was no punctuation. It was just share. If you and dear listeners like, can tell us what the link you can is make between share and Flanders Red, please let us know. We are a hundred. We are so intrigued by what this is about. I do think uh, it sort of demonstrates to go back to our AI episode that you you can't rely a hundred percent on AI here. I mean, yeah, you still have you to. You still, you can't cut corners. You still have to do the legwork yourself. Got to be. <laughs> there's got to be some person input in there. But I did feel like I had to share that. I had to share it. Hey. hey! There we go. <laughs> that was good. Uh, but yeah, I I was saying as well, like I forget how much I love the Duchess until yeah. I just go, I really like it, and then I have it, and then I go, oh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Back to, if you if if we had cracked it open and then you went, would you say this is one of your favourite styles? I, you would. Yeah, you, I'd probably go. You're like, changing your mind now, aren't you? Yeah, because yeah. I I think again it's so for something that tastes so phenomenal, and it's just so interesting and it's just overall just great. I feel like it's one of the styles that are the quickest and easiest to forget about, and I think it's because you don't just come across it on a regular basis, so you don't really think about it, and then when you have one, it's been so long since you've had another one, that you just go, oh yeah, I like these, let's have one, and then you have it and you go, it's amazing. Yeah. Love it. Have you ever read it on draft? No. I've had it on draft. I think, I think where i went to in greece that time that yeah. was a belgian bar i think they had some stuff that was on tap and I, and I want to say they had a duchess on tap but they might have just had bottles of it yeah um but i didn't i had limited time so i went with things that i i didn't go with that one but i think it that it might have just been bottles i don't know but, but it's amazing oh i had it on draft at leeds international beer festival it was so good like just because you know it's smooth already but then having it on draft just gave it like yeah it it was good stuff i if you see it on draft highly recommend <laughs> very much recommend yeah oh i'm still i'm still having fomo over cheese like i can't <laughs> let's let's crack open the next one because i'm like right. the more i'm doing it the more i'm like i just want to go eat cheese so we gotta we gotta move our way through it so i can go and have cheese with it it feels wrong it genuinely feels wrong that i'm not <laughs> pairing it with cheese 
All right, so we now have an Oud Brun. Which, um, interestingly, according to Untapped, says it's a Flanders one, which yeah. is that's so, interesting. So, yeah, Oud Brun is, a Flan- is the same thing as a Flanders brown, basically. Um, and this is Blood Witch from Holy Goat. Look at that label. I love Holy Goat for their labels. Yeah. I love, no, not just for their labels, but they are, for me, they are like... I want to say triple threat, but now I've got to think of a third thing. But their labels are great. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say triple threat because I'm, I'm going to do this, right? Their okay. labels are great. Their sizing is good because it's 375, so it's just like yeah. just enough to slightly more than the 330 mil. Yeah. But also, like, the bottle shape looks great. Um, and they always make really interesting things. Like, there's very rarely... I had to stop myself from putting in an order because I really wanted what they just put out for the label. Oh, yeah, the newest the taste, batch. Because there was cinnamon in it. And I was the like... Te- was it the Tepache? Yes, yes. Yeah. I wanted it so bad, but yeah. I couldn't justify doing a bit... Because basically, when you, order, when, you, when you put an order in, you kind of have to justify it by ordering enough to make it worthwhile. And I was like, I just want that one. I, just, I mean, I want all of them, but like, yeah. if I could just order one it would be that one and there's cinnamon in it and the label is very me and i love it and i couldn't do it but i you know i love holy goat they are probably still i don't say it easily like i it's not easy enough to say for any brewery because i like so many breweries but they are easily somebody i have no association to but are one of my top yeah sort of favorites like I, I, I like to pick when i like to pick my tops i like to pick somebody i don't have association to when i kind of say here's somebody that i don't know that is my top it's definitely holy goat yeah like i i don't think i've ever had bad beer from them ever like it's and always been so i i don't think i've ever seen interesting been, like boring yeah interesting well made delicious like and i just love that every bottle says drink young or age this will get weirder yeah all their artwork is just yeah, it works great. As well. Yeah. Um, so prints. If they would do prints of them, yeah. I would literally just buy the prints <laughs> of the labels and put them all over my walls. Um, so this is an Oud Brune with Scottish strawberries. So obviously, um, Holy Goat is from Scotland. So that's going to like change up the flavour profile a little bit because it's got strawberries in it. But And I love strawberries, um, so I'm very excited. Yeah, you're, you're the big strawberry person. Love I like strawberries. strawberries. Raspberries I prefer, but I mean... For me, I'll take strawberries strawberry. and peaches, both of those just amazing um, I also like that they've usually got like a good chunk of information on the label as well so this one says uh, this beer takes inspiration from the historic Belgian style of Oud Brun sharing similarities to the Flanders Red and British Stock Ale our version is primary fermented with a Bretonomyces forward mixed culture and blended from two different batches with an average age of four months we incorporated our favourite rye, crystal and light roasted malts in addition to Brewer's Invert Sugars Number no. 2, a specialist sugar used historically in the UK and Belgium, in dark, strong ales providing unique caramel and treacle flavours. We then re-fermented this blended Oud Brune on 150 grams per litre of Scottish strawberries sourced from farms located within 60 miles of our brewery. All like local Drink your age and this will get weirder. Hell Amazing. Go. Amazing. Right. <laughs> Should we crack this bad boy? And I've got, you had your Duchess glass. I've yeah. got my Holy Goat You've glass. got a Holy Goat one. I don't have a Holy Goat one, so I'm just on a on my little toaster glass as well. Oh. Oh, it smells amazing already. 
And it looks nice. Oh, God. That smells amazing. It smells like a strawberry milkshake. So already, can you see, like... I mean, considering it's called an oud brune, it is very red. They're very similar colours. Yeah. Um, it's, I think I the say... head is a bit more yellow. Uh, and I would... Uh, yeah, so my head dissipated quite quickly. The thing that I'd say I noticed the difference of is I would say... Maybe it's just the glassware, but to me the Duchess looks clearer. Yeah, Whereas, I would agree with that. Um, the Blood Witch is a little bit murkier, but I wonder if that's with all like the fruit. fruit. Yeah. Right, so I don't think we're going to get a very good impression of the flavour profile of an Oud Brune from this because you can smell them strawberries. It smells like jam. Straight away. I mean, it smells Jeremy. amazing, but you're not going to get the classic flavours of an Oud Brune from this, at which this is point, not necessarily a problem. But I don't care at this point because it smells like strawberry strawberry jam. It, it does smell like, like strawberry jam. Strawberry and champagne jam. And I love that. Yeah. And I can smell like the treacle. I'm just waiting for like the little seeds. Like I'm waiting to drink this and get the little like strawberry seeds. All right. Put some nuts with it and then you'd get like the peanut butter jelly effect. Ooh. That's what it. That's more sour than I was expecting it to be. Yes, that's why I went for a second sip just to double check. It's not as um, full on strawberry as it smells. No, it is not. It's interesting. It's got a bit of. Um... Oh, you can tell that there's rye in it. Like it's got that slightly smoky. Yeah, spiciness to it. It's making me think of leather. <laughs> it's quite um, and tobacco. It's yeah. I was gonna say tobacco, and it's quite um, dry. Yeah, it's like yeah. It's not as sweet dryness. as it smells. It's like a me saying about. <laughs> it reminds me. The smell reminds me of uh, strawberry and champagne jam. Mm. That you, like the artisanal jams you can get, and like that's true. That taste has that like dry, like that champagne dry dryness yeah. to it um yeah it's nice it's much drier than the duchess yeah i would say the duchess actually almost has more sweet fruity like there's almost more sweetness in the duchess a little bit more fruitiness yeah. and it's almost a bit i think it's almost a bit like smoother in its yeah taste, whereas this is a lot more dry and the fruit is more so in the aroma than it is in the taste it's yeah re- yeah it's really interesting yeah I would actually say, arguably, if I'm going to give a, again, probably still has to be someone that enjoys tartness, but I actually think this has more like almost wine-like quality. Yeah, because of the dryness. A bit more so. Oh yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, actually, do you want to know that the actual flavour profile of an oud brune? Yeah, let's see. Let's see how far this yeah. strays. So this is it's described as a malty, fruity, aged, somewhat sour Belgian-style brown ale. That's a much shorter description than than the Flanders Red was. <laughs> right, so in flavour, it should be malty with fruity complexity and typically some caramel character. I mean, so I think that's where there's a it strays from the Flanders Red because Flanders Red is more of that kind of dried fruits, balsamic um kind of note whereas the oud brune has more of that caramel flavor to it you might get fruitiness in dried fruits raisins plums figs dates black cherries prunes um there should be a high malt character caramel toffee orange treacle or chocolate um slightly sour uh, but it will become more pronounced in aged examples 
Uh, and I mean, when. So this. Where's. I've got a date on it. It just says best before. It, it oh. just has a best before date, which is 10.03.32. So I reckon. I reckon that's probably got 10 years on it. So it was probably bottled in like. I think it was last year I got it. March. Yeah, March 22, maybe. So, you know, it's not that old. Uh, comparatively comparatively yeah you know so it is still quite young so you're going to get more of a um of that sweet and sour as it develops with age um the balance of this one should be towards the malt whereas i think with the flanders red the balance is more fruity yeah so it says balance to the malt side but dominated by the fruity sour wine like impression so that is agree with that yeah so that's your that's where your flavors change from a red to a brown like a red is more fruity and whiny whereas this one's there's more malt and caramel and treacly type sweetness in it i would say treacle i can sort of get i don't get the caramelliness as much but i think that's just because of probably their variation of it yeah that's where it sort of changed but i definitely would agree that yeah i think that that checks out with the yeah. comparing the two the malt i feel like the malt the malt bit is for me is like the main yeah show in the flavors here and it is because the malt bill is different so the malt bill on a flanders red is usually vienna or munich malts some caramels possibly a bit of special b maybe some maize so they're Mm, comparatively lighter malts whereas in the Oud Brun there's going to be a base of pills but then there's going to be certain amounts of dark caramels black or roast malts so um, you know that you've got your lighter ones to start you out but then you've got darker roasted ones which is where we're getting those like leathery and tobacco-y notes from and this one's also got rye in it which adds its own spicy little character to it. I was going to say, the rye for me is what sticks yeah. out the most. And I don't know if it's just because I know that that's in there. So that's mm. sort of what my brain looked for. Because that is quite a, like a specific yeah. sort of taste. So my brain might have just gone, oh, I'm going to go look for that because I know it's there. Um, but I think as far as like the strawberries come, the strawberries sort of come towards the back end of it as yeah. well. And that's kind of what's there like lingering. It's not so much like the main show. Like I said, it's it's really for me, the rye is quite like the main show for me. Yeah. And then sort of towards the, it's, it's quite dry. And then towards the back end in that dryness sticks out sort of the, the strawberry fruitiness that just yeah. kind of sticks there. Um, so just to enjoy, just to enjoy afterwards. And um it's really in- it's just really interesting that's all i can say yeah i mean we didn't expect anything less from holy goat to be quite honest no. with you no i always like the thing is i always want to keep the labels yeah and i'm always torn between whether i like take it off the bottle or i don't yeah he goes like do i try doing some arts and crafts where i like cut the bottle and then i can use it as like a candle holder and i don't know do I try taking the label off, which is what I normally do, but then I kind of go, do you know when you take a label off and it starts to sort of like fade yeah. and you go, oh, I wish I hadn't taken the label off. <laughs> um, with these labels, they're just always so just beautiful. Like, 
just absolutely beautiful design that I always kind of go, oh, I don't want the label to fade. And I always have a argument with myself about whether or not to take it off. Yeah. <laughs> this one it is difficult. Yeah, that's a lovely label. Um, do you want to hear a bit of history? Yes, please. So, Oud Bruin, obviously, means old, old brown. Um, and it is indigenous to East Flanders. So, red's in the west, brown's in the east. Um, it is typified by products from the Leafman Brewery, which have their roots back to the 1600s. Uh, it was historically brewed as a provision beer. Uh, so, was, you know, so drunk by monks and it would develop some sourness as it aged the traditional ones were probably more sour than the current commercial examples that we find today uh, and where as i've said the flanders red beers are aged in oak the brown beers are warm aged in stainless steel so that's makes slight different because you're not getting that like you know the because it's in you're steel it's, cle- it's, it's cleaner so you're not um necessarily getting that same uh, contribution from the bacteria though bacteria can be added to it um you're not getting the you know oakiness there's you know there's other things that come out of of oak if you leave it in there long enough you can get vanilla flavors you can get coconut flavors you can get um caramel flavors depending on how it goes and what else is happening around there so in steel it's going to be a lot cleaner in steel as well i imagine there's some level of like consistency to yeah. a degree because i feel like if you're doing it in barrels there was there's always that element of you can't control yeah exactly everything about the barrel aging and it's not that you can control everything about the steel aging but there's less like you said there's less for it to cling on to there's less to be pulled out of, of of steel so you have to have some level of more consistency with that in flavors than you do when you start putting things in yeah. barrels and where they can really draw flavors from yeah definitely um and i do have a fun fact oh okay you got fun fact for this right one. so these beers were a refreshing blended beer that were popular in the Netherlands up until World War I. Um, and at that point, refrigeration and lager beers became really popular. So to kind of combat this, they started brewing um, a version of lager that was a Flemish brown. Um, and it was, tried to, it was tried to use to beat lager, but it didn't, it didn't really work. Um, it never caught on, uh, but the Dutch still produce an artificially sweetened and coloured lager version of the style, and it's very popular with the elderly, nursing mothers and athletes looking for a sweet pick-me-up, but it because it hasn't got caffeine in it, it's like a, an alternative to, co- to, to cola. It's also called Oud Brun. But it varies from 2 to 3.5% ABV and is typically low in bitterness to about 12 IBUs. That's hurt my head. <laughs> yeah, so it's like uh, basically a sweetened and coloured lager that the elderly like, nursing mothers and athlete, like a, athletes a, like as a replacement a for cola. Low... <laughs> low abv because when you were like there's no yeah it's low there's no in, caffeine ABV. there is alcohol when you went there's no caffeine in it mm. i was like oh okay so maybe it's not the lot like because i was thinking immediately i went yeah that's popular with nursing mothers and right athletes. that's that's a bit like weird old older people i'm like okay because they're probably like the good old days of yeah used to change lager so yeah i don't know the, the good the good old days of when we did that and then 
then you said athletes and nursing mothers and i was like i have additional <laughs> questions <laughs> i don't and have additional went, answers no, necessarily like but there's no caffeine in it yeah. and i was like now i'm confused maybe it's not the lager <laughs> and then you circle back round to between two and three right. whatever percent so it's definitely like, alcoholic confused again it's definitely like you know look, a lager I'm not judging i'm not judging yeah but i'm thinking even just like an athlete that's like i need a pick me up real quick before right. this race give me my artificially <laughs> sweetened <laughs> random lager. lager thing <laughs> yeah i wonder what it tastes like I no i don't know and it's curious. and it's also called Ubrun, just to be confusing that's got to be so fucking confusing. Yeah. If anyone can get their hands on that, I want to try that. Yeah, we want to try that. <laughs> I, now I just have questions. That is, oh, there's nobody that can give me answers other than myself. Yeah. Really. That is interesting. That is that was a fun <laughs> fact. That was good. I thought you'd like that one. I did like that one. That was good. <laughs> mm. But also, isn't that funny the way that it's still like. You can try to take lager down, da- like lager. You can try and take lager, lager down, but it's not going to happen. You can try to take lager down, but it's not going down. It it doesn't matter if it has to have artificial <laughs> sweetness added to right. it or what. Like you are not taking lager down. <laughs> like I just, I I don't understand how you would even th- like. You'd be like, yeah, so you know, we're going to take down lager with like oud brewing. No, mate. <laughs> you like, who do you think that is so a super niche? Like that right. is just the most niche thing and then to be like i i don't even know like that is just yeah is all around bizarre and to be in the room when someone decided you know what let's bring back the good old days but people still like lager so let's just (laughs) color a lager up mess with this a bit and And i feel like like, there's got to be there's got to be some sort of like perceived health benefit right as to why that's got because with the fact that like it's like it was marketed to the elderly nursing mothers athletes like uh, we're straying into milk stout territory here i feel like where it's like this is gonna be good for you no i feel like the old people it's not about what's good for you the old people it's about the nostalgia they're like remember when we could just get this (laughs) and it was popular before world war one and that was back in the good old days (laughs) The other two, I don't know. That doesn't make yeah. sense. No, I don't know what that's all about. That I thought you, I thought you'd enjoy that. So, so bizarre, that. and now I kind of want to try it even more. That is <laughs> so weird <laughs> and weird and wonderful. But like, I, I mean, I'm, this is definitely a tangent. But indulge me because we've got some time for it. But do you ever like? Do you ever stop and go? What do you think it was like back in the day when this these type of things like the normal beer offerings like do you ever just think about like historical settings and what it was like yeah like i mean but you had no other choice really did you it's not like there was like these other like all beers at one point were like brown and smoky because and probably sour because they weren't being preserved or they'd sat around for too long and and they weren't you know being sold as quick or you know and like until and really until lager came around there lager wasn't again. and you know it's <laughs> it's that when you know technology came around when they when they started working on lagers when they discovered the drum roaster like you know there's all these different things that changed the landscape of beer 
drastically you know i yeah i do think about it uh, and sometimes i'm I like i want to try <laughs> like sometimes i'm like i want to try that you know that beer when it was like smoky and weird i want to try that it's like i had that so i had that beer the other week didn't i yeah. i had um i was at a beer festival and there was a brewery that was uh, that had a beer called teller which is a traditional brew from ethiopia um and it's that sounded insane and i wanted to yeah and it. it looks it looked like chalky water like i thought it was going to be like a beer color it wasn't beer colored <laughs> it was like chalky water um they had it on cask so it was flat as well it wasn't even carbonate there was no carbonation in it but i'm drinking it and it was like slightly smoky cereally like i was just like this Yum. is like, like this is what it felt like i was drinking beer from back then before they had you know these crazy hot bombs <laughs> and before they had like i found it really interesting that it tasted so cereally and that smokyness but it was white <laughs> like it was yeah. really, like i was just like where's Visually, the color from like, the gra- i was like where's the matching. color from the grains like what grains are they using i suspect it was probably because i think it was also gluten-free so it must have had like sorghum and you know grains like that in so it interesting. so you know that yeah I, it's something that can be done yeah that you can still you can still do that and it like it ferments in like a few days as well apparently so like it quick ferments very quickly but yeah literally drinking that i was like this is like beer before we started chucking hops in it and you know we started doing all these things to it it was really interesting so I've never gone to like I've always wanted to go, but I've never actually gone to one of those. A a Renaissance fair because I they they don't have. Have you never been to one? Very, no, no. I've been to very, two. I've never been to one because I always wanted to go. The big one from where I'm from is called King Richard's Fair. Okay, and that is like the big one, but it's such a mish to get to because it's like an hour, two hour drive, and for like in the US, it's not that we are like oh I can't drive an hour, two hours. But to like go to a renaissance fair, especially when I was younger and it's like I didn't, there's so much traffic getting there. It's quite expensive. There's the car journey. And then I didn't, I don't exactly like come from uh, a household where people are like into that type of stuff. Like I am into it now. So it's not like I had parents that were like, yes, King Richard's Fair, let's go. Like it's very... um, yeah, I think people, when we were old enough to drive, people would go, but I just never... Yeah. I, I never went. Uh, and then we had a place in Boston that was called Medieval Manor, but that closed down because it was, like, <laughs> rat-infested and terrible. And everything. Oh, lovely. Before I ever got a check. Like, it was always that, like, next year we're going to go, next year we're going to go, and then we never went, and then it shut down. Um, so I've just never gone to any of these places, but I've always thought... On one hand, I always thought it'd be really cool, on the other hand, I also know that I'm like, like the whole you have to ask permission to go and get up and do it. And I'm like, nah, I want to go to the toilet. I'm going to the toilet. And that is just... Why can't you I'm ask, like my what? dad and I'm both confused. of us. You have to like... Oh, so in some of these places, it's like, if you want to get up and like leave, it's like you've got to ask like permission or something to some of these places that I've heard about. I don't oh. know if that's true. Maybe it's not true. I don't think that's I've true. Heard it's like, so I've done... What is it? Things, medieval times is it like where you go and see the jlc and stuff i've been to two of those i went to one in vegas and i went to one in tenerife and i've been to the um i've been to the miami 
um, Renaissance Fair and I've been to the Tampa Renaissance Fair. Please note that I'm saying Renaissance because that's what the Americans call it. Yeah, yeah, Obviously, yeah, yeah. it's actually the Renaissance. <laughs> No, like, I call it Renaissance. Yeah, so I, I say Renaissance, Renaissance Fair because that's what they call it, but actually the word is Renaissance. Don't at me, Brits, please. I, I know what I'm saying here. Um, the Miami that's what we one say in America. In America, the, America. the Miami one is apparently the only one in the US that acknowledges that it is in the New World. So all the others are like pretending. That's so interesting, right? <laughs> this is what this is what we were told when we went, right? So it, it like it's like we're settlers in you know <laughs> in in the new world, whereas all the others are like pretending that they're in in Britain somewhere. Yeah, it was really that's interesting. Hilarious. That is yeah. hilarious. But that's also like part of me really wants to go to that thing, but the other part of me is like it really winds me the hell up when people like that one time that I went to the Viking Museum and they were like, "What is that on your head?" and I was like, "Sunglasses, just leave me alone." <laughs> like, get out. Well, so when intro- they commit so hard <laughs> to it, I'm like, "Oh, it really winds right, me up." Right. Yeah. No, you're not gonna like that then. So we went. Uh, so when at the Miami one, it turned out that my friend that I went with used to do Renaissance fairs in Texas. <laughs> And this was the same kind of people that he'd done <laughs> Renaissance fairs with before. So we just kept bumping into his mates. It was great. Um, and then the one in Tampa, um, we had a few ciders. And then I, I was with my wardrobe supervisor friend. And <laughs> I started yelling at someone because they were wearing shorts, not not uh, trunk coats. <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing? Why are you wearing shorts? You are not, and it was like they were supposed to be in Henry VIII's court, and I was like, you would have got kicked out of here for wearing shorts because they were like putting on like a show and stuff. And I'm like, mate, you cannot be wearing shorts. You need trunk hose. What are you doing? Like, at least make the shorts look like trunk hose, for God's sake. Do you do you think on some level people thought that you were super into character because you had a British accent? Do you think people were they like, probably did? I mean, I wasn't. She is. <laughs> super into I wasn't like we we'd done it on a whim so we weren't dressed up but these people that were dressed up I was like if you're gonna do it can you please commit and wear the correct stuff please I like the idea that people thought you were just super committed even though you weren't Probably. dressed up but basically all of this is to say like, there I were mermaids at that one as well which I, I I quite enjoyed that is cool factually maybe doesn't line up but it's in great. a tank love it um <laughs> but yeah I think personally like i've never gone to these things this is all to say i've never gone to these things i think they were really cool and i'd love to i'd love to go to one of these things however i would pitch this idea of like wouldn't it be cool because normally i feel like you go to these that you go to like medieval times whatever not yeah that i've gone but they're like yeah you can get a, a, a stella or something <laughs> it's like what would be way cooler would be having some med medieval festival right. or something and they're like guess what we're gonna serve you a Flanders red or something right because like, I did that feels like it's like how cool would that be right if you had numerous options and you have like uh think about it this way of like an old an open air museum where it's like a replica of like what an old village was like and you go into the old tavern and then you can order drinks but they're like historically accurate how does that sound really nerdy like when you go to <laughs> when you go to, to like, I really want Harry that. Potter world themes. and you get butter I've never beer. gone to Harry Potter world oh god we are not, we are not a, I genuinely I have so many I've realized how many hot takes that I have not just when I've said <laughs> it on the podcast but when I've gone and repeated it at my yeah. office like when I've said that frappuccinos are for babies my whole <laughs> office I 
right. I'm yep. right. And I was like, like, I, I said, said what I said. I, I said what I said, guys. Get over it. Or that time I think I said to you, Victoria Sponge was like the worst. And oh, like, God. I've like, forgotten Ameri- about that. And I said American cakes were better. Oh, God. I forgot. I blanked that from my memory because that one was painful. The trauma. The trauma. But... <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I have a lot of I said what I said moments, You do, but, um, you do. But yeah, because yeah, I, I did, definitely at the Miami one, I drank, like, German Dunkel. <laughs> um, well, I would love that. Yard. Something that's thematic. Yard of, though. Ofs. Um, and at the Tampa one, we had pumpkin cider. Love it. Yeah. But I guess and... that's the thing, is if they're acknowledging <laughs> that this is your settlers in a new world pumpkin. Oh no, that's the one that was supposed to be in the in the UK. That one's supposed to be in oh, Britain because it was amazing. Henry VIII's court and I was like, ah oh, mate. That is not factually correct. <laughs> um, and Blue Point <laughs> and Blue Point Lager. <laughs> so I was like, mm, not so much. But I feel like I feel for me that would be the dream and I feel like that sounds really nerdy. I mean I can't speak for Harry Potter World, we're not a Harry Potter household, so that's another hot take you can have. But I genuinely feel like if I, if I, somebody told me I could go to this open air museum and I could go into a pub or a tavern or whatever, and especially the D and D person in me, are you kidding me? I'd be like D and D session <laughs> at the place. We're go- let's go. It's happening. I would lap. I would lap so quick. Like it would not take anything. I feel like I. <laughs> I love theme so much and I love this kind of stuff so much that I genuinely am convinced if I could cosplay if I if I had the talent that you have to make outfits to to costume up I understand entirely how people get into LARP <laughs> and I could do it. And for anyone that doesn't know what LARPing is that's live action role playing. <laughs> Don't knock it to you drugs. I feel like I could do it if I could make myself a costume. Oh, yeah. I would be so in. I would be like, "That's it, done. I'm, I'm in. I'm in it." Like right, when I went not... to Valhalla, the Viking festival. I didn't even get super into costume, but I had them paint my face, and I was like, "This is great. This is the best thing ever. I could do this all day. I could throw axes all day." This is amazing. so. It's not like a like a an American Renaissance fair, but Leeds Castle do have like jousting sessions and like little medieval fairs and stuff maybe you need to come down the next time they're having one of yeah, those i and found we'll take out you along i found out recently that jousting was still a thing and i was like people yeah, still joust this is amazing um but yeah i i would love that but yeah all right so i'll, I'll work my, out when the next one indulging is me thank you for indulging me in this tangent just so i could out myself as being a friggin nerd that i'm like <laughs> People already knew you were a nerd. Come on. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. What are you talking about? I'm so <laughs> suave. <laughs> I'm so awkward that I didn't even know like the right word to say, and I said suave. What does that even? Why? <laughs> Anyways, I'm gonna go enjoy the rest of my beer. Yeah, let's. Um, so, Tori, if people want to recommend a Renaissance fair to you, where can they get hold of you? You can tell me where I can go. If you can tell me, especially if there's some place I can go that I can get thematic beverages, alcoholic <laughs> beverages, and I can really immerse myself. I don't even care if I have to travel to the continental Europe area. I will do it because that is super cool. Um, yeah, let me know. Let me know if there's some cool festivals or give me some give me some cosplay tips so I can get out and get my LARP on. Like cool person i am uh yeah you can do that on instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism or on gmail at adventures and optimism at gmail.com 
if you want to recommend some more variations of either of these, uh, you can get hold of both of us at a woman's brew on Instagram or a woman's brew podcast at gmail.com. And Joe, if people want your historically accurate tips on how they can do their best cosplay and they can get out LARPing, where can they contact you? <laughs> Please do get hold of me. That's the I have opinions. For the Flanders Red episode. <laughs> I have if you want to learn how or, to lap, Joe. <laughs> or if you want to tell me what the connection between Cher and yes. Flanders Red is, I would make appreciate it up. that. It's fine. We don't mind. Yeah, make it up. We're not going to know the difference. Best one wins. Um, you can get hold of me at my beer school, which is Love Beer Learning. We are on fa- we I am on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Pinterest. You're probably going to find me on Instagram. Um, uh, you can come to my website which is lovebeerlearning.co.uk or you can email me lovebeerlearning at gmail.com tell me those tenuous share and Flanders red connections please I would love that <laughs> please do it <laughs> right, so we're going to go drink these lovely beers on that note cheers, cheers.